0: Hello and welcome to our new Friday afternoon show, Close Calls, brought to you in association with Air Sport. We'll be coming at you every Friday live here on Facebook and dialing up the top pundits in the game to look ahead to the biggest sporting event of the weekend. Uh, I'm Gavin Casey here, and this weekend it is all about the Premier League. Joining me in 42 Towers to chat football is the Deputy Editor taking Friday afternoon off again to do no work. Niall Kelly, how are things?
1: Well, you say taking Friday afternoon off to do no work like it's an unusual thing or th- like it's a usual thing. But I think first Friday of the season, everybody only has one thing on their mind Gav. It's fantasy football, isn't it? Oh, I mean, <laughs> it, it is fantasy football.
0: I knew it said insert banter here, <laughs> but I didn't think you'd take it this far no, this soon.
1: No, we're obviously going straight into fantasy football. Like I was up later last night and tied the burka, mulling over the different bits and pieces of my team. Uh, and I've got good news for everybody that's watching us is that we actually have a competition today uh, which right, you, you can win a trip to Premier League game of your choice uh, later on this year. And I can. Well no, any, any <laughs> of the readers can and it's very simple. All we're asking for is for you to send in on our Facebook Live page if you just jump into the comments section or tweet us or pop into the comments section on the website and just give us a hint of your favourite fantasy football team name. Okay. So, we kind of put this out there earlier. I don't know, do you have a favourite fantasy football team then?
0: No. Uh, if someone says murder on Zidane's floor again, I, I think actually they should ha- be disqualified.
1: Aaron, Aaron Quinn, gone.
0: Oh, well, sorry, Aaron. <laughs> go-
1: goodbye, Aaron You're, Quinn. You
0: will not be going to see a Premier League game this season, uh, at least on our end.
1: Okay, so some of the some of the early entries. Okay, let's go. How do you feel about Borussia Teeth? <laughs> <laughs> Which I needed to explain to me earlier. On, on That's the thing, like,
0: I can't. Like I thought... We had discussed that one earlier, and I thought you might just leave it out, but you went for it straight no, away again. straight oh, I, I'm OK with it. I'm OK with it. Uh,
1: the Balotelli Tubbies.
0: Nah, it's, that's straight off like a mirror football article, I think, that one.
1: Uh, Lord of the Ings.
0: Nah. Connor's nah, suggestion. Not for me, not for well, me. Well, how
1: about mine? Okay. And um, this is genuinely mine. I haven't stolen this from somebody else, played it out in the office earlier, to mute a muted, lukewarm response. And mine was, Lacazette de della Sport. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you want to win the competition, basically, is what you're doing. Can I win the competition? No, you cannot, no, (laughs) just that confirmation that you cannot. Uh, Is it time to throw it to uh, Migsy? Yeah, let's see what Miguel Delaney has. Will will, will (laughs) we give it Migsy? Uh, We are joined by the Chief Football Writer of the Independent, Miguel Delaney, to look ahead to the new season. Miguel, you're just back from Cobham at the uh, Chelsea press conference. Uh, Are the champions looking forward to the new season as much as we are here?
2: Uh, I don't think so, because even Conte still has this kind of um, very subdued mood about him as he's clearly still so irritated about transfers and not getting the players he wants and it's interesting even though i think it spreads a little bit further than Conte, because i was at the community shield last week and after the game we got carrie cahill in the mix zone and he was talking about how he he looked at the program that day and you know you know the at the program as the squad list and he noticed basically how short the chelsea squad list was um. so it, it is a little bit of a it's Basically, for a team that are champions, they're not going into this, uh, into this season with the momentum or the mood that, that champions should be, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I, I suppose there's kind of a, an air or I suppose a, a feeling out there that like, Chelsea are just not going to defend their crown. They, they seem to be not quite a shambles, but just a little bit unsettled. So, based on what Conde's been saying and, and your sort of insight there, you would say that it's not necessarily unfair to kind of write them off or at least uh, have them as, as almost underdogs again to defend their title?
2: Um, well, I, th- I think, I mean, I suppose he's, he's again in, in a typical bit of uh, expectation management, you know, talking about the difficulty he, ha- he has and all that, um, and I think certainly when you look at, the, at their squad and consider the fact that they're going to play Champions League again, it's uh, it's it's really going to stretch what the, what they have, so I think they do need three or four signings, but in saying that, I do think they'll get two or three, and let, let's not forget at this exact time last year. Um, he had similar issues basically he, he is a, he, had, he had he was playing about the situation because Diego Costa wanted uh wanted out then he um he didn't get any of the players he wanted yet once the transfer window was over Conte pretty much got down to work and then through pretty much pure coaching as well and that moved to three to the back and how he got such better response responsive players like Alonso and and Moses they went and kind of romped to the title and I wouldn't necessarily put that against them again I, I think they given all this build-up I think they I, I wouldn't write them off at all to be honest, it, they probably might, if they do get those two or three players, I actually think they'd be my favourites, uh, but without signing them, I think I'd still go City, and I that's the other side of it as well, beyond having Champions League football, uh, beyond the small squad, beyond Murata replacing Costa and what that means, um, the, I think the, the challengers are going to be stronger this year, particularly City. Yeah, but
1: I'm sorry. On, on top of the on top of the transfer situation, Miguel, how much do you think uh, Conte's own contract situation changed his relationship with the Chelsea hierarchy?
2: Well, that's it. I suppose. I mean that basically reflected. I mean, he you know he talked today about uh, how happy he is, you know, and all that. He's he kind of reiterated that, but ultimately, everyone expected that contract to uh, to be an extra two or three years, and it wasn't. It was basically just improved terms with no extra years. So, I mean, that that, that says its own thing. Now. Um, I don't quite buy this idea that he's ready to walk out at any moments just through frustration. I think he'll he'll stay, but I'd say this would have mitigated against maybe the grander ideas about him building a dynasty at the club.
0: And you mentioned there as well, like Murata being brought in to replace Diego Costa in a sense, and. Maybe there's an interpretation of, of Murata out there because he is uh, quite big and strong that he is a, a kind of a physical striker, but it, it's not really the game he plays. Like, as much as he has physicality and can use it, it it's almost as if he, he rarely sort of initiates contact. He, he can bounce off defenders when they come at him, but he maybe doesn't use his muscle to the same effect as Diego Costa. So it's not quite a like for like replacement. Do you no, think. He, uh,
2: and, and even today, actually, Conte was talking about the very, very idea that. He said Murata may not be fit to start tomorrow, so he wants to take uh, consideration fantasy football there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually,
0: Breaking news! <laughs> we we'll get a yellow ticker.
2: Uh, I think he'll likely start the bench, Murata, especially because Conte was also talking about how um, he he still has to adapt to what he wants and the, the exact type of striker that uh, that Conte wants. Uh, and you're right; I mean, they've got different qualities, and like even talking to everyone in Spain, people that have worked with him. Um, he doesn't get involved in build-up play as much Murata, and kind of just his, his skill is kind of arriving in the box And that's, that's my one worry there as well maybe for Chelsea I mean Costa for all the problems with him probably is he, he's a pretty prolific goal scorer I think Morata is a good big-game scorer, but he hasn't yet got far one season at Juve We haven't yet seen uh, a record like against like, like Costa has from Although at the same time Costa only belatedly came into uh, Became a prolific, prolific scorer in his career and Murata might be the same
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see how that one plays out. The the
1: big breaking news, obviously, of the this morning, Miguel, is all coming from Anfield and FSG seemingly taking a very strong line on Philippe Coutinho, issuing a very definitive statement to say that he wasn't for sale for any price. Only to be followed less than an hour or so later by Coutinho handing in a formal transfer request. What's your take e- on e- emailing? E- emailing, yes, sir. Emailing a formal transfer request. What's your what's your take on the latest developments?
2: Uh, well, just before we came on air, air, I, I posted um, a piece for the Independent. Um, basically I think, from what, everything I've understood, Coutinho's people are still relatively confident that like, a deal will be done uh, by the end of the window. I wouldn't be that confident though. I think Liverpool are utterly determined to stand firm. Uh, they're not budging on this. And you know, for all people who go on about the well, they buckle on Suarez and Torres. There are different situations. Also, even with Suarez. Suarez tried, were like, so many tactics in the summer of twenty thirteen to leave, and they didn't let him leave that summer. And on the other side of it is, Barcelona have already actually turned to uh, alternative players. Uh, I know, like, as, as early as Monday, uh, this week, they were looking to uh, through intermediaries to investigate the possibility of, of getting Christian Eriksen from Spurs. Um, although, I suppose the other side of that is that Daniel Levy will likely be as difficult to negotiate with. And, uh, not more so with Liverpool, and also, some of us even think that uh, Eriksson is a better fit for the way they play ju- just to, due to his link-up game.
1: In the circumstances, is there anything that you feel would represent a good deal for Liverpool by keeping Coutinho? <laughs> um,
2: unless he did, I suppose what you'd call maybe a, a set Fabregas at Arsenal in 2010-11, where it became his, his presence became so difficult uh, that you, you couldn't have him around, then no, I think they're still better off keeping him. And I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think he's that sort of character. I think, he, as someone who knows him put it to me, he's basically uh, he's a lion on the pitch, but not so much awkward, where he's kind of much more reticent. And that probably explains why he hasn't acted up as much to now to this request. Uh, and I think he would be the sort, if he's not allowed to go, as down as he apparently is now. And that's another thing I've heard about, that he's apparently, quote unquote, devastated. That he, the deal isn't going to go through. But I think he, he would be the sword to kind of book, knuckle down and, and get on with it. So I, I think Liverpool, I think the correct move from here is to stand firm. But of course, the irony to all this situation is that they're trying to sign two players, they're uh, work from signing two players who are uh, in a similar situation to Cadinho. It, like the, it,
0: there were some suggestions, suggestions that Pep Guardiola actually met with Coutinho as a as a means of selling Barcelona as a club to him. Is there truth to that? And also, like that's a, a seriously morally grey area, I suppose.
2: Yeah, I, I saw it after personally. I, I haven't heard, and along those lines, um, it would slightly surprise me to be honest. I mean, Guardiola has his own concerns right now. Yeah. Um, you know, he's in a, in a similar situation, to Barca, I suppose, in trying to get Alexis Sanchez out of City. But I mean, also, I mean, obviously. You know, Pep is, a, is such a Barca icon and you know a huge figure of the club. But even he, that, that doesn't necessarily extend to his relationship with the current board. Uh, so I, I would be slightly surprised at that I have
0: to say. Nigel, we got any more fantasy suggestions to, to delve into?
1: I think the the best of what's come in so far from our readers. We have Robbie Deegan with Park G sun-dried tomatoes. <laughs> Okay, So that really kind of gives you a, an idea of the acceptable level that we have here for our competition. Robbie's and m- in the mix. My, Mikey Lynch with uh, my, probably my personal favourite so far, which is Big Bag of Emery Chance.
0: <laughs> so That's pretty pretty solid to be please fair.
1: Keep, please keep better entries coming in.
0: Oh my word. Uh, I suppose, Miguel, we need to talk a little bit about Manchester United as well, or uh, some of these people sending suggestions will, will probably go mental. Um, what have you made of, of their summer? Uh, Manage kind of seems to be almost like a signing that, that Mourinho was, was missing, I, I suppose. But you still look at, like, particularly the wing back areas for United, and you kind of think, like, they need to strengthen there, or it'll just be much yeah. of the same.
2: But I think it's quite a weird thing this summer in that, for all the money in the Premier League, if you actually look at all, all, the, all the windows of all the top six clubs, none of them have had completely satisfactory windows so far. Maybe the closest to our City. Um, but I think one thing United have done that no one else has done there the positions they specifically needed to get, which is uh, the ones I suppose that the most urgent need for, uh, which is centre-half, striker obviously with Lathan's injury, and defensive midfield, which Mourinho prioritised, above anything else, he's got all those players. But I think you're right, there's other issues in the team, but above anything else, what it feels like he's filled in the positions he needs, I don't think he's actually necessarily improved the quality of the squad that much. Uh, I think they still need something different in attack, uh, something better, which obviously explains why he's gone after bail as well. And beyond that, I have to say I was in Macedonia on Tuesday night for the, uh, the Super Cup, and uh, I was disappointed. I, after an initial bright start from United, I was actually disappointed by how um, how bad they looked after that. I'd say, and also it was a bit dispiriting from like given given how the leaps that Mourinho' team is traditionally making their second season. That when it came right down to it again, we didn't see much else in terms of attacking. But basically, he just brought on, he did what he did a lot of last season, brought on Marin Fellaini and tried to pummel Madrid in the air. And while it worked, it didn't actually lead to a complete change of the game. He turned the game from a defeat to a, a less bad defeat. Um, and it's just, it's still a, you, you still feel as if When you have kind of some of the creative attackers that they do, and Paul Pogba, Mourinho does it, actually, that's one thing about the Madrid signing. Mourinho, from what I've heard, believes that can release Pogba, and he expects 15 goals from Pogba this season, expects him to go for level. Um, but when you have when you have that, I and mean, you have kind of some of the players available, to you, know, like particularly Martial and the Guitarian, Mata, and Ra- Ra- Rashford there, and Lukaku can do something different. I mean, there should be he, he should have much more variations of attack, and he should be able to get those players linking up in different ways. Oh, he's like, especially there's three or four really creative players there. He should be able to get them and linking up in a much more productive way. Or when games aren't going forward, I in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, just a different way, rather than just bringing on Fellaini and lumping it there. And I, I would be worried for United in that regard, I have to say.
1: Do you yeah. expect to see any more in's or outs at Old Trafford before the window closes, Miguel?
2: Uh, some of the word I have heard is basically that they're resigning themselves, or increasingly resigning themselves, to the idea that this might be it. But Mourinho still wants at least a winger.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, even that is is interesting in itself. Like, a, that that he would feel the need, he, or f- yeah, feel the need to to recruit a winger. Like, like what I found curious about the game in Scotland particularly was. If you look at Anthony Martial's form in pre-season, and yeah, like he tore Real Madrid asunder in a, in a pre-season game, and I know Real Madrid are going to be a different beast in the semi-important uh, final, we'll say, but like to not even bring Martial off the bench, it's kind of like it's, it's like toying with the same problems they had last year, where you think summer and performances like that would offer Martial or and players of Brazil kind of a clean slate. But
2: this is the wider issue. I mean, in, in basically in the Premier League now, where more and more the top management top teams play. You know, more attacking football. They press much higher, uh, and, it, and it, I think the game. I think goal average as well prove English football and European football in general actually becoming more open in that way. Mourinho is st- still his first instinct and his, his, his nature really is to go defensive first. And even with those attacking positions, his first requirement isn't really what they can do from an attacking sense. He kind of leaves it up to them. It's uh, how they get involved in the defensive game, and that's why Lingard starts so much when there are clearly better players there.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, see how United play out. I, I have to say, I'm a little bit concerned by uh, what I've seen so far. Yeah. Uh, we need to touch upon Arsenal. Obviously, they kick off the new Premier League season at home to Leicester. You're heading to that one yourself, Miguel, I believe. I am in indeed. Um,
2: it's one of it? three or four hours' time. Um, yeah. I'm a little bit more optimistic for Arsenal than I would have been a few months ago. I think this back three thing is quite interesting. Um, and also, to be fair, after decades where the criticism of Wenger has been that he won't change anything and he's so, he's so resolute in these things, he has made, a, for Wenger, a pretty massive change in that system. It's something that you'd never imagine from him. Um, but it's worked. And I think it has initially solved a few problems. It's, I think it explains how they won the cup final with two very impressive wins over City and Chelsea, let's not forget. Um, but then, at the same time, I do wonder whether... So I think sometimes when managers make these changes like this, I, either yes, it completely fixes the team, or else, it's just a positive effect uh, that any sort of change will bring. Mm. It has a kind of a, a, bit, a little bit of a honeymoon period until people get used to it, or someone finds something out about it, and then you really see what it's about. So I think we may still see that with uh, with Arsenal. Uh, Kalasnic looks like an impressive signing. I'm not sure on Lacazette. Though, I have to say, uh, I, th- I basically, I suppose, <laughs> there's, there's usually a reason why they didn't face much competition in signing. Mm. He's 26 uh, years old, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's a, there's a reason why he's only on the fringes of the French squad as well. Um, so I think he'd be better than Giroud, but I'm not sure whether he'll quite offer enough goals sort of to really bring them up in that way. Although I'm saying that, if they do manage to keep Sanchez, which I think is also increasingly likely, that enhances any signings they've made. Yeah,
1: in, yeah. in March or April, Miguel, it would have been nearly unthinkable for us to be sitting here opening day of the new season and for Arsene Wenger to be to still be in charge of Arsenal it seemed like there was growing 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 nearly resentment of the fact that he was hanging on for dear life towards the end of the season and angling for this for this extra season and to to stay on how long? How much breathing space do you think he has this season? He's obviously made the changes that you've touched on there, and fans will be eager to see how they bet in. But like, if they have a pretty tough run to start, they've a couple of tricky away games in the opening five or six weeks. Like, how much how much breathing space are fans going to give him this time around?
2: It kind of depends on tonight. If they don't win tonight, he'll be right back into all. <laughs> I mean, you can imagine that. You can Leicester dig in, one all draw, and then the usual stuff will come from the terraces. So because I think I do think that. He, he needs a good start in that, day. he needs to get a bit of momentum, because it, it, it can all too easily slip back in, in, into the usual. What did, you, uh, what, 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 yeah,
0: what, what did you make of his comments the other day, Miguel? I think he was speaking at a fundraiser for the, uh, the Greenfield Tower, and he basically said that I had players knocking on my door asking me what's going on, boss, with regards to his own contractual situation, and how he had created a sort of a culture of unease at the club last season, and it, it inhibited his players. Was that not like patently obvious to anybody looking at Arsenal from the outside last year. And as a manager with such experience, how, how did he not see that? Or, or why did he not not act upon it sooner?
2: Well, I mean, it was amazing, basically, that probably one of the, what would have been one of the most important moments in ben- in Arsenal's history beyond maybe Wenger arriving, George Graham arriving, or Herbert Chapman being there, that they had, had seemingly had allowed it to get to that, this uncertainty. Um, I mean, that, that's remarkable in itself, although they, they seem to weather it, um, but the, the, the interesting thing is that basically, none of, not for, for all the criticism from the outside, none of the players actually want them to go, uh, and I, I, there was never any indication that there was any push and believe. although I actually think that's almost a little bit of a negative in itself, not, I mean, obviously it's good that the player's going to buy into it in that way, but from what I've heard from Arsenal, I sometimes worried you kind of, some of them buy into them for the wrong reasons, That. There's a little bit of a sense of the, club, the, the squad is too indulged, and there's almost a bit of anger that he's basically like you're in school, and he's one of those teachers who everyone likes unless you get away with murder in class. But then, if any, when, it, when it comes to exams, you kind of realise, oh, well, I'm not sure we worked hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> there's it's a very also even the entire the entire vibe of Arsenal trading is basically it's all about self-expression and building confidence. Um, but that, that almost goes too far with the team and i think it explains a side that, that sometimes gets you know found out or too easily buckles um but yeah um, in saying saying that i'm more optimistic as it was although i don't think they have any chance of the title
0: yeah uh, what about their north london neighbors then after uh, another strong season last year it seems like spurs maybe because they're not part of the establishment quite yet even if they are up at, up there on the table i kind of don't Factor into these conversations too often, and yet they're kind of motoring along quietly. But then you've got this Danny Rose thing. I think he's apologised today for the remarks he made yesterday about um, having to Google potential signings. What What are Spurs like at the moment? Like, can you see them, you know, having a serious go again, or are they going to be a team who's who end up almost becoming Arsenal uh, for the last decade and and kind of come perennially third, fourth? Well, the
2: thing is, I think it was similar last time where nobody was talking Spurs and thought they'd die off. It was similar to the summer before when I remember going into 2015-16 everyone was talking about the lack of signings they made and yet they still progress. I think that's a huge issue with Spurs and I know for a fact that some of the City coaching staff have been talking that the most important thing with Spurs basically is basically that they don't lose players because the squad he's got is actually so good and it's young enough to still progress and what, what, what Paschettino is doing is so distinctive that they can still kick on. So I think I, I think they can actually challenge again. I think signings would help that uh, and they do but they do have a genuine issue there. I think it is what i do think they can progress that the whole thing is it, just being poshino is holding it together very tightly and, and increasingly um delicately i suppose or again increasingly fragile because they do have an issue in the sense that i think the top paid player of that of that club is it's basically Lloris and kane they're on either 100 grand a week or close to 100 grand a week and kane could easily get 300 grand a week mm. at united or chelsea and that sums up the issue but i mean and just there's so many players the, the spurs squad are being paid less than those are kind of West Brom, Stoke. Um Deli Alley's only on fifty thousand a week, although that will uh that will likely be reassessed soon they'll sign a new contract. or uh, well if he signs it or they will try and negotiate anyway. But, I mean he, he's just another player who knows his going rate is much higher than that. So they do have a problem and I think it is testament to Pochettino that he's managed to work so well with that group that up until now so many players have haven't agitated because and it's still I think it's still too testament that you know, that the only player to really agitate for a move are basically walker and rose that, that he has managed to keep them happy despite that but i think it's getting to a point where it's getting it's coming to a little bit of a crunch for spurs and more and more players want to go and that could create problems of its own i mean and, and daniel levy said recently that the current football bubble is unsustainable so he's got to be responsible and while that is true i i do think the flip side is that levy's model might also be unsustainable in terms of challenging because even if the even football will bursts, I don't think it's going to burst to the level where um, Spurs are suddenly paying the best wages in that way. I think mm. they they'll still they, I think they still have to reassess that. And they have an issue. But in saying that, I think as long as it keeps that team together, and I know Pacino does expect to make three more signings, or three signings, should I say, um, that I think they'll, they'll be dangerous again. I think they'll definitely finish top four again.
0: Yeah, we'll see how it plays out for Spurs, uh, Miguel. Before we let you go, I mentioned to you yesterday that we're, we're doing a, a piece on site here at the moment. All of the writers pooling in with their opinions and predictions yeah, ahead of. I think of the I'm
1: absent from that. But also, <laughs> this is
0: awkward. <laughs> <That> <laughs> can we can, we, can that, we just go like that?
1: Wasn't even planned. Uh,
0: yeah, so uh, there are <laughs> a couple of questions we would like to ask you. Uh, who do you think will be, or which summer signing? Sorry, do you think will make the biggest impact on the new season? Uh,
2: I think Bernardo Silva, uh, City. Yeah. It's like he, he's almost gone under the radar a bit but yeah, because he was signed so early, but he was brilliant in the Champions League last season, and I think he could also strike up a similar relationship, a similar understanding with Gabriel Jesus as he did with, uh, actually I'm always wondering how to correctly pronounce Jesus, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think he could strike up a similar, similar understanding with, with Jesus or Jesus as he did with Mappe. so I think, I think he'd be very good.
0: Yeah, I like the sound of that. Uh, who will finish in the top four, and in what order do you reckon? You've kind of answered that already, but who are you leaving out?
2: Chelsea, City, Spurs, and one of Liverpool or United. I can never—I I keep wavering on that, to be honest. You think
0: Chelsea win, like, Chelsea will win the league?
2: Oh, sorry. Uh, so at the moment, I'll go City to win it, but I reserve the right to change that. <laughs> <laughs> to get three players in the next three weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll give you a <laughs> Skype back then. Uh, who is going to go down? Do you reckon?
2: Uh, Huddersfield, Brighton, and Burnley.
0: Ooh, it's not a great year for the new boys. No, not really. And not <laughs> really bad time for Irish players as well. By the yeah. way. Exactly. Especially half half or
2: half our first eleven is the
0: Burnley. And you're condemning them to the championship. Thanks, Merlin. Uh, which manager would you like to go for a point with? I mean. You conceivably might have done this already, but uh, are there any others?
2: Uh, actually, after the end of last season, um, as a as a little bit of a kind of you know, how to put it, um, not not a celebration, but almost kind of just to acknowledge that we quote unquote worked together for the season, uh, Conte invited all the journalists that regularly go to Cobham up to one of the bo- one of the boxes in Stamford Bridge after a press conference, uh, just basically to sh- share a drink with them. Uh, that was quite a good one He's quite, uh, form, but he's quite he's very polite and restrained, can't um like I said the obvious answer here is usually Klopp, but something of a bit a little bit too wacky about Klopp. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you end up in coppers, like ultimately.
2: I don't, I don't know about that actually. Cause I, I even haven't Klopp's an interesting one in that sense actually, because I think he's only wacky to a degree, and he can turn very serious very quickly. And you got know, like I've seen it when we've done press conferences with him and things like that, that like for the broadcast. He'll usually have his big line, even even with the with the newspaper journalist. left that one line that stands out. But then he'll then he'll go very serious quite quickly, and and he can actually get sharp. I think I think, I suppose it's the nature of the job and the nature of that um, there is always going to be a certain seriousness to a lot of these guys. But yeah, I think I think Klopp has a an underappreciated edge to him in that way. Uh, t- I actually think Pochettino could be. Uh, you, you can kind of see it in, 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 in certain press comments that there's a little bit of development to him that occasionally comes out. Um, uh, I, I And I think I, I think he could almost be uh, the, the, the best lap to over point with. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose your obvious ones, we Sean, Sean Dyke He's quite blunt actually. That would probably be funny at the very least.
0: Do you want to just go for points with all of them? <laughs> no,
2: no, no. no. <laughs> Eddie I would
0: drive you home, like he'd definitely be on the water, I reckon. Uh, finally, before you go. Yeah talk technique <laughs> 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 at the football club yeah uh, Irish players to watch out for I mean you've relegated half of them there but are there any left that you might uh, keep an eye on or people watching should be keeping an eye on this year?
2: Um, here <laughs> well, I, I suppose actually I'm hoping I, I think Brighton will go down but I think we've got to be one of those clubs that go down while giving a good account of themselves and given the fact that you has always gone quite Restrained and kind of plays a more defensive football when he comes up. I actually think Shane Duffy could have a good season, and given the age he's getting to as well, that uh, yeah, I think he could have this sort of campaign that actually maybe even gets a move at the end of it.
0: Interesting. Well, hopefully that works out for Shane if they don't stay up. Uh, Miguel, it. thanks a so million for joining us on Close Calls. No we'll See you soon. Enjoy the game tonight.
2: Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. All right. All the best. best. Fantasy football. My my team is there. Uh, Work forced me to do one basically because we have to have a public league and I haven't done it for four years. Who have you got captain, uh,
1: Miguel? What's the, t- what's the team name, more importantly? <laughs> uh,
2: Delissimo. <laughs> That's all oh right. Bad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you don't quite get the tickets, but you are going to a game anyway, thankfully. So uh, best of luck.
2: Cheers, lads.
0: Good luck. bye Well, Niall, we uh, did put that last question, not about fantasy football, but the uh, Irish players, to watch out for it to a couple of very special guests who came into the office recently. We did. It do you want to hear what they had to say? I do. Yes, I, don't yeah. I haven't seen this yet. Oh, have you not? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good.
2: We need more and more Irish players to come through. You know, it's a bit of a concern, I'm sure, for all the fans as well. That you know, there's not a new duffer coming along, or Robbie Keane, or Richard Dunne, or, or whoever. You know, there's, there's, there seems to be like a, it's quietened off recently. But, but there's, there's there's not a whole list of. Premier League Irish players, you know, and that is a concern, of course. Um, but, you know, we wish Shemmy Coleman well, you know, obviously from Donegal, you know, he's had a bad break with the Irish setup, and we love, love to get him back playing again. He's, he's one of the best fullbacks
1: in the Premier League. There's a lot of Irish players knocking around the Championship trying to get in the Premier League. There's, there's very few in the Premier League, as you know. Harry Arthur to develop into a, into a top player now for Ireland, he's had a, enough caps now to know what it's all about. Our team are in with a shout of qualifying for the World Cup, and if he's a really good domestic year, I think he can go on and bring our, our national team with that. You know, all the Irish lads in my time would tell you when the thing went well from an international level, they all got big moves to big clubs, and I think a little mixture of both happening this year. Ireland to qualify for the World Cup, and for um, two or three of them, maybe uh, by the Christmas window, you know, kicking on and going into a better level of Premier League club. So there you have it. That's the, the outlook for the Irish players in the Premier League this season, Gav. It's pretty bleak, isn't it, really? I hope that we're not having this conversation come January or February where we're agitating for, for moves in order for lads to save their <laughs> Premier League status. Uh, I've had enough of that over the last few seasons, so hopefully, hopefully the lads, and Burnley in particular, can put together a, a bit of a run of us.
0: Hopefully. Big John. Big John will lead them.
1: Big John. Just a reminder for anybody still still with us and still watching, or for anybody who's watching back, we're leaving our competition open. So all you have to do, if you want to be in with a chance to win a trip to a Premier League match, is to comment with your... It doesn't even have to be your fantasy football team name. It can just be a good fantasy football team name. We're really looking for help in naming our own fantasy football team.
0: Literally, my team name at the moment is just Placeholder. Yeah. Because I made my team... I was working, I think, at an early shift, made my team at midnight. And you know when you sit down to make your team and you think, it's done, I can finally, I'll come back to it just before the season starts. But what happened was I looked at it and just as I was about to go to bed, I was like, "That's it's all wrong. And I made nine changes. Well, how
1: about this one from Craig Ferrar? I'm not sure if it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. Okay. Gangster's Alladice. Oh,
0: I've, I don't think I've heard that one before. Yeah. The old the, the L- school thing. Coolio reference. Ah, Coolio, Coolio yeah, indeed. Back to
1: the 90s. Um, well, it's Friday evening, so all this talk about... Pints and pubs. Who who would you fancy going if they could pick a Premier League manager, who would you fancy going for a pint with? Is there anyone that jumps
0: out? No, I mean I've answered this question in the post and like I I, I found it very different. like I literally wrote in the post that I would pick Eddie House so you'd have a lift home. And you wouldn't have to get a taxi because I, I I'm sure he wouldn't be on the pints. Uh, aside from Eddie I actually think Wenger. I think I, I, I would not mind sitting down with Wenger and like really picking it, like getting very deep, you know what I mean? And just seeing what he had to say. Yeah. Um, Had some interesting thoughts on the future of football management there at that uh, fundraiser that we mentioned to Miguel. Yeah. Like talking about how Football managing will, or football manager's position would be just kind of obsolete in ten years' time, and uh, that kind of stuff would be interesting. But that's an incredibly boring answer. And I wish yeah. you didn't ask me the question. Oh, I'm
1: sorry I did. I'm sorry yeah. I did.
0: Well, there you go. I think that's all we have time for, is it? That is. Oh, we've got time <laughs> for your feet has fallen out, and uh, my patience is very thin. No, I'm only <laughs> Thank you very much to all of you for watching and commenting. Uh, reminder, as well as said, there you can keep commenting in order to enter the competition to win tickets to a Premier League game. Of your choice, so do get involved. Rest of luck with fantasy football as well <laughs> and enjoy. The weekend's action, uh, Our thanks as well, go to Air Sport. We'll be back this time next week, but until then, take care.